I want to I wanna carry on from what I started speaking last week on the big picture. How many of you enjoyed it? How many of you can see the big picture in your life? We understood that in Hebrews 11 that faith is a substance. That substance is the down payment of things that are hoped for. Now these things that we hope for really are not materialistic things, but the things that we hope for is Christ in me, which is the hope of glory. We don't hope for materialistic things if people told you, if you want a baby, have faith, brother, or sorry, a sister, brother, sister, husband, wife, actually, not brother, sister. <laughs> but if you, if, you, if you want a baby in your life, have, have faith. And a lot of times, people think faith, but they don't receive faith. And faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is something that comes to you. It, God gives you faith. But it comes only when your mind is not on materialistic things, but it is on manifesting Christ. So when you receive the word of God for your life, you don't receive the thing, but you receive him. You receive him, and when you receive him, he attracts all things to you. Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things shall be? All these? Shall be? But what do you seek first? The king's dominion. So when you seek the king, if you want a business to prosper, seek the king. And when you seek the king and his dominion over your life, now all these things that you need for the business to be successful shall be added to you. A lot of times we run after the things and we forget the king. Sometimes we say, yes, we have the king, but we forget his dominion. I love the king, but my submission to the king is is revealed when he has dominion over my life. If God does not have dominion over my life, then he's not the king. He's just knowledge in your mind. But when he is the king, he is your Lord, and you submit to his kingship and his lordship over your life, now he has dominion over you, and everything that surrounds you. If you submit to his lordship over your life and you're going to work and there's a problem and your boss has a problem with you, you don't have to worry because he has a problem with the king, Jesus. I wouldn't want to be that boss messing around with Jesus. Are you all right? <laughs> Manifesting Christ is what we hope for. I know I'm not, I'm not telling you, brother, if you want to, I know we love to hear the prosperity 
prophetic words and we love to hear uh, pastor tell me that I'm really good and I'm, I'm great and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, we can do that all day long, but it won't change a thing until you realize your purpose is to manifest Christ. Your purpose in life is not to manifest anything but him. It's the reason why he created you. It's the reason why he brought you into his kingdom. So that he can have dominion. Not you can have dominion. He can have dominion over your life. But manifesting Christ is the evidence of things that you and I don't see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So which means when God speaks a word, I can't see it. When a woman gets pregnant, does she see it? But you know. No. A lot of times people say they have faith, but actually when they walk out of these doors, they forget about it. A woman who's pregnant, she'll walk out of the doors, but she's still pregnant. When you have faith, faith is a substance that God gives you when you receive the word. You know without a shadow of a doubt that God has impregnated you with a promise for the, and has, you have a purpose for your life. You walk around as you know this substance on the inside of you. You can't just forget about it. You wake up in the morning. You, you go to sleep at night thinking about it. You eat your food keeping the promise in mind. You conduct your everyday life keeping that word that God gave you as the center focus of your life. This is what a lifestyle of faith looks like. But, but in order for us to, to fully manifest Christ, in order for us to fully manifest this word, we have to mature in faith. So the title of my message today is Maturing in Faith. So I'm going to... yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Today I'm going to teach and uh, I would love for you to take notes um, because you will need to remember this. Because every word that comes out today is so dynamic that it will, it, I'm going to speak multidimensionally and I'm, and I'm believing that you will get it. Okay, so we have a lot of ground to cover, so I'm not going to wait for you to get it. Okay? I'm believing that you're smart. Um, you have the spirit of understanding, so we're good. So, if you go to, let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Let's read, actually no, let's read from Romans 10, 14. And we'll end at uh, verse 17, not end the message, but are you there? How then shall they call on him? In whom they have not believed. How and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Should I read it again? Verse 14. How then shall they, that's all of us, call on him, Jesus, in whom they have not believed? So if you want to call on Jesus, first you need to believe that he is the Lord. 
Okay? And how shall you and I believe in Jesus if you have not heard about Jesus? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Praise God for preachers. <laughs> Verse 15. And how shall they preach unless they are? Thank God the preachers are sent. They are not, they are not elected. They are sent. There's no board of directors that can decide you're a preacher today, brother. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We send you. No. God decides that you're a preacher. God gives you the word. And God is the one who sends you out. And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Look, my shoes are white. It's all peaceful. Who bring glad tidings of good things. Amen for that. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith, what you're displaying now, faith comes by? Can you hear? And hearing by the word of God. So I'm going to just, we'll just do one verse today, okay? So then faith comes. Say comes. Faith comes. Say it. Faith comes. Right. Faith is not thought of. Faith is not initiated by you. Faith was at some place and it is going to some place. Faith comes. It's a proceeding word. Faith which was with God comes to a person who receives faith. And how does faith come and land in you is when you hear. So which means, now look at me now. So which means God... Now, please remember Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is a substance. So, God, the Bible says that he's full of faith. Faith full. Full of faith. Which means he has so much faith, it's flowing out of him. There's overflowing abundance of faith in God. God does not lack faith. We lack faith. God does not need your faith. He is full of faith. So if he is full of faith, when he speaks a word, please pay attention to this very important fact, important truth. When God speaks a word, a measure of who he is is embedded in the word and it comes from him now to the person who receives the word. That's why faith is a substance. When the angel came to Mary and she said, wait, I've come with glad tidings, just like the preacher with the shoes, you know, with shoes of peace, glad tidings. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. I don't understand it, but I, I receive it. She walked away and the Holy Spirit came upon her and she was pregnant with the God child. You cannot tell me that you come to church, a church like this and walk away empty. There's an issue with your hearing. There's no issue with God giving. 
Because when he speaks, he embeds in a part of himself. He embeds a frame called Jesus. And in that frame, he releases it to the one who is willing to receive it. So when you receive now, the Bible says that you are full of faith. So I'm talking about maturing now in faith. Okay? You must understand that when you receive the word of God, the, the, Paul is saying faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. There are two hearings. It's not a court case. There are two hearings. You have two ears. Are you hearing hearing? Are you sure? Sure. <laughs> so faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. I love, I love what the message translation says about, um, about this verse. Can I read it to you? It says, the point is, this is what the message version is, the point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there is nothing to listen to. Okay? Please now, this is when we will just go off now. Go off into the galaxies of heaven. Okay? But you must catch this. If you catch it, then the rest of the message will make sense. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by. That word by in Greek means on account of. So faith comes by hearing and on the account of hearing the so what it means is when you're hearing are you discerning that Christ is in the word when you're listening to the word of god now in this room and you are you in order for you to trust what i'm saying you have to discern that Christ is in this word that this message is not just another message. See, a lot of times Christians are good hearers, but they are really bad discerners. We love to listen to messages because we love that little boost of faith. But actually what you're receiving is a boost of knowledge that puffs you up for a little bit, and then when, you, when it comes back down again, you have no faith. Because you forget the word that you heard. Are you listening to me? So we have now faith that comes, that faith that is embedded in God's word. And it is on the account of discerning Christ in the spoken word. I think this side has faith. At least you're laughing. I, I appreciate that. Faith comes. When it comes and you're listening, you're hearing the word now. God, you're not listening as a, as a, as a, as a you're not just listening to a man speak. You're listening to God speak to you. 
But even in the message, even in the sound of his voice, you are discerning Christ in the word. That's why it says Christ in me. It doesn't say the message in me. Please, let me, let me try and help you with this. All a woman needs to get pregnant is a seed, not the entire husband. <laughs> I know the Bible says two shall become one flesh. But, but please, <laughs> I know it's funny, but, but just... Just be sharp in this moment because I'm, I'm saying something very crucial because this is what our, the culture of our church is going to be like. I'm building into the culture, the value system of our church. After this message, you cannot come to me and say, Pastor, pray for me for faith. You must understand that when God speaks, he releases an impartation of faith. An impartation of who he is into you. I can't lay hands on you and say, receive the faith of God. But as I'm speaking to you now, if you can discern Christ in what I'm saying, now faith begins to grow on the inside of you. See, in order for you to, this is foundation of faith. This is, I'm not even started maturing yet. This is just basic foundation. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Paul is saying, faith comes by hearing and hearing by, on account of you discerning that Jesus now, as I'm hearing, Jesus is entering into my life, into my body, into me. As I've discerned it now, I'm already pregnant. I'll tell you why. Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit hovered over Mary. And then she became pregnant. Now there's no hovering needed. He's already, he's roving on the inside, waiting for you to pick now one seed of God's word. As you discern Christ in the message that I'm giving you today, as you discern it, you automatically get faith. Faith for the impossible. Why? It's because you have the God of the, that can fulfill the impossible, can do the impossible living on the inside of you. I don't need to give you a pep talk. You should be already full of faith. You know why people are not passionate in worship? It's because they have no faith. Because in the lyrics of the songs, it's just lyrics. It's just another song. It's just another motion. Okay, now we're going to sing ooh, ah, ooh, ah. But if you can discern Christ in the lyric of that song, if you can discern Christ in what the, the, the preacher is saying at the pulpit, whoever it is, if you can discern Christ in it now, nobody needs to lay hands on you. Nobody needs to provide for you. No, you don't need to ask anybody for money. You don't need to ask anybody for healing. You don't need to ask anybody for a miracle. You don't need to ask anybody to lay hands and pray over you. Give me gifts, brother. Don't give me any. You now, I have the ability. I've given you the ability now. To receive the very thing that you need for your life. I can come here and speak on finances and you can get healed in your body. Do you understand? Christ is not limited to 
your understanding, number one. And second thing, he's not limited to the doctrine I'm preaching. Christ is a person. He is the person of the Godhead. That when you discern Christ now in this, sometimes when we speak on finances, people discern greed. Not Christ. So now what happens is they, because they've discerned greed in their life now, greed becomes the very thing, the very seed in their body that begins to rule their life. That one was for free. It wasn't in my notes. But I feel like God wanted to say it to somebody in this room. When we talk about finances, everything belongs to God. Do you understand? Everything. You're a steward. Be a good steward of it. Don't be a greedy steward. Don't be a greedy steward. Be a good steward. Do you understand? So, faith comes by and by hearing and hearing by the so it's very important that we discern Christ. Okay? Very important. In everything that happens in our life, the first thing you need to discern is Christ. First thing. You get a contract from work. Amen. Am I seeing Christ? When you walk into church and someone gives you a hug, are you discerning Christ or are you discerning a, a woman or a man? Understand? When, when the worship leader says, come on church, are you ready to worship God? Are you, are you like, okay, I feel like he's dragging me through to shout. Is that what you're discerning or are you so full of Christ now that you're ready to celebrate Christ in this place? Faith comes into you on account of discerning Christ in what is being said. That is the, ladies and gentlemen, that is the only time you receive faith. It's the only time that you receive faith. You can go to a faith healer. He has the faith. You don't. <laughs> you can get healed. But you've discerned him as a person who stands in the place of the Lord that can release faith. He, he can lay hands on you. He can speak to you. And things will move in your body. But you walk away with no faith. But oh, you can walk in, you can come into a church like this. Where every single person is empowered now to discern Christ for themselves. We don't give you explanations of what, what we do and why we do because you, it's just a waste of your time. Are you discerning Christ? Are you coming and sitting in this room? Are you going through the motions of church? Or are you discerning Christ in everything that is happening? Because if you're discerning Christ in everything that is happening, you're walking away from this place fully pregnant with the promises of God. Because we're not just kidding. We're declaring the promises of God over your life. If, if your marriage is still stuck, you've walked into this room and your marriage is still stuck, I want to tell you, you have no faith for your marriage. It's because you were not discerning Christ. You were discerning a breakthrough. Oh, man. A lot of times, 
Christians have been taught, come into a room and the presence of God is in this room and now ask for a miracle. See, the problem is you've discerned that he's a God of the miracles. But you've, been, you've, been, you've discerned and you're running after a miracle, but not after him. You're discerning a breakthrough, a need for a breakthrough, rather than the one who can give you the breakthrough. Discernment is, is a gift that God gives every person. But discernment is not just, oh, she's good, she's not good. No, discernment is for you to discern him in the word. When people talk, are you, are you discerning their character or are you discerning Christ in what they're saying? Some people will throw the seed out along with the character of the failing character of the person. But if God can use a donkey, you think he can use a failed person with a failed character? See, a lot of the times, we become judges over our life. Chop you, and you, you don't need to be in my life, and I chop you, and oh, you can't speak into my life. No, 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 you, because why? Because I saw you failing, or, or you abused when I saw you in the, in the club, you know, some time ago. And oh, I saw you smoking shisha somewhere over there. And because of that now, you walk into an environment, and now, why are you guys laughing, man? <laughs> so it's happening. I, I go that side now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the issue here is that, is that people now are beginning to discern the flaws of people rather than the word of Christ that is coming out of their mouth. And people now leave churches and come to churches because, oh, the pastor, I don't know. See, the problem is as you've discerned the flaw, that's the seed that enters into you. You understand? As you've discerned the flaw. So best thing to do is just, just tell me what God is saying, brother. I'm interested in what God has to say. Because what you have to say sometimes can have some personality mixing in that. But I am listening to you now because I am so, I'm listening to Christ. I'm listening to Christ. I want to know Jesus. Boyfriend, girlfriend. Hey, hello. I want to know Jesus. I'm, I'm your boyfriend because I want to display Christ. I'm not, I'm not displaying I'm a good guy. I want, I want to display a better guy. Somebody who will never fail you. Somebody who will prepare me to be a better husband for you. Do you understand? That's, the, that's, that's how Christ. So when we were, um, last week, I want, to, I want to share a phenomenal testimony that, uh, that will prove my point to you. Kelsey and I were invited to, to meet this couple who is not a part of our church. And they're just friends of people who are part of our church. And, and um, just during the week, and, and the Bible says, be ready in season, out of season. Which means your faith tank needs to be abundance, has to be flowing, right? Not, you don't go for a meeting needy. You, you go for a meeting to pour out, right? to meet people. If you're hanging out with your friends, why are you hanging out with your friends? See, to, to, to us in our church, our value system is if you want to hang out, it's because we have something to give. Not something because I, I need, I need, I need, I need. Do you understand? It's, it's a different value system. You come and hang out with me, brother, you will get word from the minute we start till we end. 
Why is because I'm, I'm so pregnant with the promises of God that I have no time to listen to anything else. Anyway, so, so, so the, the, we were having this beautiful conversation and beautiful dinner. And in, 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 in the course of the dinner, they began to talk about um, an issue that the lady had. And, and the issue is about a year ago, she started getting this pain on the left side of her temple. And this pain, like, like it, it's like an electricity. And it would go from the left side of her temple all the way down to, the, to her jaw on the right side, to almost to her chin. And they said some name. I wasn't discerning it because then, you know, that I, I get, it's a medical term. I, I didn't really bother for it because I knew I had the solution. So, um, so there was some, some, some name, okay? And the doctors were giving her medication and the medication was really causing her to have side effects and it was, it was really stopping, her from, stopping them from getting pregnant and all of that extra, extra, extra. And then they were saying, okay, now we have to do surgery. Like if the doctor's tablets don't work, straight go to the surgery table. It's like there's no other solution. But that also is not guaranteed. We don't know, maybe it'll work, maybe it'll not work. So while they were telling me this, Kelsey and I decided to talk about life, us, this family, and everything that Jesus does in this house. Everything. So it's not like a retaliation, like, oh, I want to, you know. I, I, I discerned a need for Jesus. I discerned a need for Jesus. Not for John to give a prophetic word. I discerned a need for Jesus. And so when I discerned that need now, uh, we started talking about how we've had about four cancers being healed in the last three, four weeks in our church. And, and people are doing phenomenal things. It's great miracles. Money's multiplying. Jobs are happening. Everything. Just absolute prosperity in our church. Right? So, but we were just having a normal conversation. We were going, we are eating food and just talking and sharing. And I, and I said, listen, I'm not interested in, in what denomination, what kind of building, what church, what temple. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm interested in, in talking to you about Jesus. If, you're, if you want to know, if you, if you need a breakthrough in your life, I know only one person that can give me that breakthrough. His name is Jesus. And I said, if we can have that as a common denominator between us in this conversation, phenomenal. Even if we don't get the breakthrough and we walk away, we've received everything we need. Yeah, right? So, so we presented Jesus in a, a, through the miracles that he does in our life and our personal life and everything. And then um, the Lord asked me, just ask her about the pain. So I said, what's happening? How, how are you feeling now? She said, I didn't even realize there's no pain. <laughs> Do you understand? There was no shouting, no hollering in the name of Jesus, kick the demon out. None of that. Just talking, speaking Jesus. We were sowing seeds called Jesus. And we encourage them to just discern Jesus in what we're saying. We're not telling you come to our church because they're not here today. We're not like, oh, I need you to come to my church. You know, only when you come to my church will you get healed. No, no, no. The church sent us out. God sent us out with good news, with glad tidings. I've come with glad tidings of Jesus to give you Jesus. If I can give you Jesus, everything will be taken care of. They were so taken up with Jesus that they forgot about the pain. They forgot that they were healed. 
He is so good, Sam. He doesn't even announce that you're healed. He, he just, he's, he, when you invite him in, he just gets in and he does what he really loves to do. And he loves to save you. But it's not like so dramatic. Like sort of start shaking. None of that. None, none. There was nothing, man. Nothing. No screaming, hollering, nothing. We we're just eating. And we we're talking Jesus. And in that place, when they discerned Christ, there was something of an impartation that flowed out from us into them. Trust me, they're, they're not born again believers, but they believe Jesus. That night, they believed Jesus. They received him as their Lord and they walked out absolutely set free. It's so beautiful, so beautiful. Right now, when I'm looking across this room right now, I'm seeing a heavenly auction taking place. Okay? A heavenly auction taking place. I'm seeing angels in this room running quickly, like, like that all over the place. Listen to what I have to say. Discern Christ. Okay? I'm seeing now the Christ being presented to you and people bidding for him. When you say amen, I receive that word. I, I receive Jesus. I receive Jesus. I receive Jesus. When you, as I'm speaking, as you put up your hand, whatever you do, jump around, run around, whatever you want to do to get that bid, highest bid, the one who has the highest bid. I'm seeing angels with books now standing and writing, writing your name and writing your issue. And I'm seeing God setting people free in this room. Right here, right now. So whatever your issue is, it doesn't matter. Bid for Jesus. Bid for Jesus. Just bid for Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I receive you right now. Jesus, I want you in my life. Jesus, I don't care about anything else. I just need you, Jesus. And as you're bidding, I'm seeing now, bills are being paid off. Debt is being cleared off. Sickness in the body is just leaving your body now. If you came with sickness in the room, the Lord, just check yourself now. As you receive, as you receive Jesus, as you receive him, your sickness will leave. So good. It's so good. It actually started when, uh, just when Kelsey was um, talking about the testimonies, um, Mira, I got Myra, Maria, Mira. Mira showed me her phone. She said, I don't have any balance, but they renewed my subscription for Netflix. Come on, that's a digital miracle. It's so good. See now, in, you are clapping. You're clapping, but you're not discerning. You're celebrating for sure. You're celebrating a testimony. But are you discerning that God loves her so much that he cares about a Netflix subscription? How much more will he care for you because of your body being sick, because of your debt, your money depleting in your bank account? How much will he love you? Bid for Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Silver, thank you. Silver and gold have I none. 
but what I have to give you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Faith, man. Faith. The guy is walking in his shadows healing the sick. Faith. How much power does a person carry? How much, how much God gives of himself to a person who believes and discerns Christ? A shadow. Shadow. Can heal the sick. Have you tried controlling your shadow? You can't. But you can control yourself. But if you lose control to the one you discern, if you lose control by discerning Christ and submitting to his lordship, he will use even your shadow. Everything. He'll use everything. He will use everything. Even your hanky in your pocket. He will use it to heal the sick. He will, if you truly submit to Jesus, if you're truly after his heart, if you're truly after him in his word, he'll use anything. Anything. Without your permission. <laughs> without your permission. Say, God, I give you permission. Take complete control. Use anything. Use everything. See, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this now. People who are losing hair, hair will start growing back. As you discern Christ. People who have been putting on weight. Listen to me. Thyroid issues. People who are putting on weight because of thyroid. The Lord is adjusting your thyroid right now in you. And you're going to start losing weight. You're going to start losing weight. Shall we get back to the word? You enjoying it? Okay. <laughs> so in order to mature in faith, the first thing you need to do is discern Christ in the word. So good. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. And while you're going there, let me tell you the context of what I'm about to say. <laughs> a lot of times, people, now I'm talking, when I say people, I'm talking about Christians and non-Christians. People will say, um, prove to me. That's what Kelsey was talking about today. Prove to me that you're real. Sometimes Christians would say, prove to me that you're real. I used to be the kind of Christian that when, when God would speak to me, whether directly or through people, uh, I would say, give me a confirmation. <laughs> I will encourage you. If you're asking for a confirmation, you have more doubt than faith on the inside of you. And in a relationship that is dishonoring to the one who's giving you faith, In our church, we don't ask for confirmations. Every word is confirmed. Why? Because the Bible says that it comes with a yes. Our amen brings glory to God. 
Anybody bidding for that one? Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you just bid now. Don't, don't forget. Don't go into this like, oh, okay. Discern constantly. Be sharp. The Bible says be vigilant. Be vigilant at all times. Don't be a vigilante. Be vigilant. <laughs> vigilante is, a, is an auntie who's vigilant. <laughs> oh, sad, 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 really. <laughs> but thank you so much for laughing. I really... <laughs> no, bid, don't bid, don't. There's no Christ in that one. There's no Christ in that one. Don't bid, don't bid. Yeah. So if you're an auntie... Some people, some people may say, while you're listening to this message, some of you might say to this word, how do I know what you're saying is the truth? We need to see the signs. Jesus says, fruit. I need to see the signs before I believe. Pastor, prove to me God is speaking through you. So we have pastors now who are trying to prove to you. And they try to make the church service to suit you. To encourage you in your unbelief. And your disrespect and your dishonor of God. Not in this place. Not in this place, for sure. Definitely not in this house. So are you at Matthew 16? Yeah. Right. So the, the context now, so you understand now, these are for the people who, instead of believing now, faith and receiving and discerning Christ are the ones who question first. But, you know, the <laughs> sometimes it, you feel like doing that, you know, giving them the fivefold <laughs> ministry experience. It's like... God is, calling you into, God is calling you into ministry. God is saying, giving you a word, prophetic word. But I need a sign that God is talking to you. Firstly, I mean, I, I get, first, first of all, you're dishonoring me because, you know, I'm the one, I'm the, the vessel. You know, I was talking to somebody, I don't know who, I don't know, I think it was over coffee. I looked at the coffee cup and I said, you know, this coffee cup has a purpose. And that purpose is to be a cup. <laughs> yeah? It's to be a cup. So the, the cup does not think it's the coffee. Do you understand? What is in the cup is from God. But the cup is a cup. You can't taste the coffee and say, what an awesome cup. You understand? But at the same time, at the same time, if it wasn't for the cup, you wouldn't taste the coffee. So never shoot the vessel. <laughs> never judge. Yeah. <laughs> never, never judge the vessel that God uses. 
The problem is your discernment. Right, so are we good now? All on the same page? Excellent. Let's read from verse 1. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came. <laughs> Sad man. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came. <laughs> testing him. <laughs> Pharisees. Good vision. Good vision. Right. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus, testing him. Asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. Okay, stop now. The revelation in that also. The context is Jesus has done one of the most phenomenal miracles that's ever recorded. Okay? He's just taken a few loaves and few fish and he's fed over 5,000 people. Maybe 6,000 people. Okay? Absolutely phenomenal. He comes down from the mountain and he meets these Sadducees and these Pharisees. Right? They witnessed a sign. And they come back to him and say, show us a sign from heaven. So Jesus now, <laughs> Jesus in the flesh is saying this to them. He answered and said to them, I love Jesus. When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. <laughs> it's like, what does that have to do with this? <laughs> but Jesus is Jesus, okay? He's awesome. And in the morning... It will be foul weather. For the sky is red and threatening. I'm assuming they did not get it. So Jesus goes a little deeper and he goes, hypocrites! Useless fellows! Here's where he drops it. Are you ready? You know how to discern... The face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Now, if you've ever asked for a sign from God. <laughs> if you've ever asked for confirmation. <laughs> okay, there's no condemnation in Christ. Okay, so this is. But if you're still there. I don't know how to tell you this, man. But he says, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And what does Jesus say? No sign. Sorry, boss. Shop is closed. No sign. No sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now, what is prophet Jonah's story? Okay, we think it's the whale moment. It's not about that moment, okay? If you read Jonah chapter 1, the first thing starts, the word of the Lord came to, saying, go to Nineveh and cry out against that city, which means go and preach to that city. Glad tidings. Do you understand? God always uses a sound. It could be a person speaking or a person singing. doesn't matter. God uses a sound. And so Jonah now says, I, I know you. I know 
you will call me to preach against these people and then you'll change your mind. <laughs> but see, Jonah doesn't understand his purpose. His purpose is to be the cup, man. Just be the cup. <laughs> so he runs away from God and then God has to put him in a fish. And then the fish vomits him and then he's like, okay, I get the message. <laughs> And no shower, nothing. He goes straight away, start preaching. <laughs> and he cries out to the city. Now, everything that Jonah's been saying now goes all the way up to the king. And everybody in the city start repenting, including the king. And God hears them. And he relents from judgment. Do you understand? What was Jonah's purpose? Discern the word and be the cup and just speak, man. God told you, just speak, speak. Don't think before that, don't think after that. When God gives you a word, just speak. Speak. Don't shout, speak. <laughs> don't holler and scream, just speak. And so God's desire really was for the city to repent. God's desire for you in this room is to repent. That's why he chose a preacher to preach. He chose a cup so that you can taste of the goodness of God. The cup imparts faith into you so that you can receive it. Right? So that's Jesus is saying now to these guys who are asking for a sign. Are you following, tracking the word? Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Faith comes from somewhere, going somewhere. Okay, good. <clears throat> so now he's saying to these guys who are asking for a sign. See, if I give you a sign without the interpretation, you will create an interpretation for the sign. So a lot of the times Christians are after signs and wonders and miracles because they have a certain interpretation about the signs, wonders and miracles. And they create a theology and a doctrine around those signs, wonders, and miracles. And then they reject people or accept them based on their doctrine. Maybe it's not you. But maybe it's people that you might come across. When they reject you, don't feel rejected. You're just a cup. They're rejecting the goodness that's on the inside of you. You understand? Jesus, prove to me that you are from God. Prove. Jesus is like, no. I don't have to prove anything to you. I just did a miracle, man. And I've come down the mountain and I have to deal with this. Sadducees. And so Jesus is like, hypocrites, and rah, rah, rah. He shouts, he's just telling them all that wicked, adulterous generation, all of that stuff. He tells them, seeks after them, no sign. You will get no sign. Why? Jesus expects you to first believe. Then you will see the signs. Right? A lot of the times, Christians discern other Christians based on what they see on the outside. Oh, that 
brother is lifting his hands very high, shouting so much. He must be holy. Maybe the power of God is in him. It's just a sign, brother. But you have not taken the time to sit down and get to know him. A lot of times we make mistakes by discerning the signs externally. If you can discern externally, then you will reject what is internal. Do you understand? If you look at a person, sometimes it happens with relationships, especially when you're young. And you look at a girl or guy and we're like, oh, brother. Oh, check that one out. Shotgun. That one's for me. And the girls are like, hey, I think he likes you. Look at him so handsome. <laughs> These are the signs. Signs. We don't discern signs. We discern? You're not saying it. No, nobody's putting a hand up for this one. We don't discern the signs. We discern Christ. Where does Christ come? So if you want a girlfriend or a boyfriend, husband or wife, you should know your word. If they don't have word, run. <laughs> because who they are today, they will start manifesting according to what they have received. You might think it's fun and games today. Tomorrow, brother. The day when you get married, sister. Get to know the person. The things that we discern on the external sometimes can reject an impartation of faith. You know, we have a lot, a lot of new people in our church. <clears throat> and when I make statements like that, I'm just helping you to keep you safe. We don't have to control you to do that. If our value systems are based on the word of God, if your personal value system is based on the word of God and I've brought up my children according to those value systems, then I'm never going to control you because I'm not afraid about what you're going to do because I know the value systems that are in you will guide you. Do you understand? There's no fear. There's no anxiety. If I taught my daughter to the value systems of Christ, to see Christ in me, now I know that when she finds a husband, she will find a husband that is like a father who has Christ in him. So now when they do get married, there is a hope for glory. Because the husband and the wife now are manifesting Christ to one another. I'm so grateful that you are getting the word. So grateful. So now Jesus is quite upset with these guys. He's walking away from this conversation 
and he meets his disciples. <laughs> Actually, they should have been called sad. Now in verse 5, now when, G, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. They had forgotten to press the button on the slide. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not going to try it again. I, I, I need faith for it. Right? So now, just please understand, Jesus fed over 6,000 people, yeah. and they collected baskets full of food. Yeah. And these guys, there's not one person in them that's administrative. <laughs> Take away? What are we going to eat afterwards? Right? There's no stewardship. Anyway, so... When the disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread, and Jesus said to them, now Jesus is coming fresh hot of having a conversation with these guys now, right? And he's talking to his disciples. He doesn't know what's going on in their life, whether they press the slide button or not. It doesn't matter. And he's talking to them, and he says, take heed of these Pharisees and these Sadducees. They're leaving in the bread. <laughs> you just need to see Jesus doing that. He's like, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which means leaven is yeast in bread. <laughs> it's, so, it's so like Jesus. He's, he doesn't know what's happening with the disciples. They forgot about bread. And Jesus comes and talks about the same slide the next week. <laughs> Whoever was on the slides... I'm setting you free today. <laughs> no, as in not free from doing slides, but... <laughs> I have to control myself till this, uh, this message is over, okay? Go. Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaving of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves. They don't even talk to Jesus, the one who made the statement. It's like pastor made a comment. They talk amongst themselves. Hey, you heard what he said about you? Why didn't you bring it, man? Why didn't you do your job? It was the only thing to do. And now all of us are blamed. <laughs> and now he's upset. No revelation. <laughs> and they reasoned among themselves, saying... It is because we've taken no bread. That's why Pastor John is upset. We're talking about discernment. Okay? Jesus, being aware of it now, said to them, O you of... O you of? Why? They did not discern what he was saying, but they discerned a flaw in themselves. 
must understand, must understand that there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Your primary identity as a Christian is a believer. Your primary identity is to believe. You're not a receiver. You're a believer. So these guys, instead of looking at what Jesus is trying to say about himself, they used what he said to discern their flaw. But when there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, that God is trying to reveal to us that when he speaks to us, there's an impartation of faith. He's not condemning you about your sin. He's revealing himself to you. In, in revealing himself to you, he's imparting faith for you to get out of that flaw. Do you understand? Do you understand? It's very important that you understand this. A lot of the times, Christians go to God because of their flaws. And when they open the Bible, they're like, oh man, a lot of junk. Uh, problem is you're discerning your flaw instead of the goodness of God. I would like to encourage you from this day on, forevermore, that when you go into the word and you're listening to the word of God, discern Christ, not your sin. You have to get it. You have to get it. How does it work? How do I get out of my sin? How do I repent of it? When you allow, you discern Christ in what the word that, that, that you're hearing and you, you receive Christ into your heart now, the word of God embedded in faith, embedded in the word is faith for you now that faith will begin to germinate and pull you out without your work. You don't need 21 days to break a habit, brother. You need one seed from God's word. When faith comes into your heart and you receive Jesus, Jesus knows your problem. But he won't tell you what your problem is. The church has been bashing people by telling you your problems. And a need of a savior, hoping that you would repent. The issue is that we've been so filled with condemnation that we have no hope for a future even when we receive faith we have no hope we're so condemned that we don't see that jesus can rescue us but the primary response the primary identity of jesus his word when you receive it is to save you he comes whatever circumstance whatever situation whatever the state of your body when you receive Jesus, he gets in and he starts working. He starts working and he starts working and he's working. He doesn't need your permission. He doesn't need your understanding. He just needs to work in there. And if you allow that, that baby to start coming out now and you allow and you start living, knowing you're pregnant, there's a promise on the inside. Stop trying to get out of a habit. Get into Christ. Faith, maturing into faith looks like this. I'm not busy dealing with my problems because that's Jesus' responsibility. Come on now. I'm not too busy dealing with the church's issues because all I need to do is I need to give you a word, brother. 
When I give you a word, it's your responsibility to discern it. A lot of times people come to me, pray for me, I need a miracle. I give you a word. When I give you a word, you walk away pregnant and sometimes the baby comes out in one day. Sometimes the baby takes two months. Sometimes the baby takes five years. Sometimes the baby takes ten years. But the greater the pregnancy, the greater the baby, the greater the miracle. But I'm talking spiritually. Please don't think that you need to like be five years pregnant. Okay, it's a problem then physically. So people, Christians will say, well, how do I trust people then? How, 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 can, I, how can I trust people now? You know, you're telling me don't look at the signs. Thank you for the question. I knew it was on the top of your mouth, on the, on the top of your head. Jesus says, you shall know them. Which means, I need to spend time with people. You shall know them. By the? Now, pay attention. Are you listening? You would know what the fruit of the Spirit looks like if you're producing fruit. If you're not producing fruit, you don't, won't even know what fruit looks like. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The, this, this is what tells you now, this is a person that you can trust. But you can't just trust them overnight because it takes time to produce fruit. So that's why he says you shall know them, which means you need to spend time with people. You need to get into their house. You need to eat their food. You need to get, sit in their car. Spend time with them. See how they're on the road. <laughs> See, a lot of times Christians like, like to come to church and they hug everybody, but then they don't want anybody in their life after that. The rest of the week, they're like, no, 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 no. I just, I'm busy. Yeah. The most lame excuse of ever is I'm busy. Jesus says, I'm, I'm also busy, but I'm about my father's business, right? What business are you doing? Who's father? Who's your father? <laughs> who's your dad? Who's, who's your dad? Huh? Because you must, you must understand that my father is my heavenly father. Amen. And he is constantly speaking to me and I'm constantly discerning that he is sowing seeds in me. And I'm too busy being pregnant. Amen. I know this is the... I know I'm saying things, but, but you please understand what, I, what I'm saying in the spirit. I'm, I'm so busy manifesting that Christ that, I'm, that I can't pay attention to any other word that I'm receiving. Yeah. See, when we first started our church, uh, on the second week, I preached a message called, Whose Voice Are You Listening To? Wow. Whose voice are you listening to? Because the voice that you listen to is the one that sows seed into you. Yeah. And according to the voice that you listen to and the seed that is sown, that's what you manifest. If you come into our church and, and you're listening to the word of God now and you're receiving and you're, and you're discerning that this is Christ's word in, in, that I'm receiving now and I receive Christ, I bid for him, receive Christ. Yes, I like that word, I receive that word, I receive that word, I receive that word. You don't have to worry whether you're pregnant or not. 
he takes care of the pregnancy you don't have to go you don't have to go strive to become pregnant no he takes care of it all you need to do is say amen I mean, that, that was on cue, but I mean, I, I didn't mean that you should say amen like that. But every time you, you, you discern Christ, say amen. I'm saying amen. Why? Because he, he's released a word with a yes. He's already released a word with a yes. So now he's just looking for me and all of heaven is looking at me now saying, looking at you saying, say amen. Say amen. Say amen. As the minute you say amen, boom. Miracle. Do you understand? So good. I love this word. I'm going to listen to it again on SoundCloud. <laughs> One more analogy. Jesus looked at the fig tree from afar. From afar. Far. He wasn't, yeah, far. <laughs> this, 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 this is prophetic everything is prophetic from far Jesus saw that the tree had leaves which means it must have fruit but then when he came close to it he looked at it no fruit but Jesus spoke to the tree we'll get to that part in a bit but I want you to know when you hang out with people get close to them from afar, they look like really good Christians. Until you get into it. Get into their life. And then you will see whether they truly. And now, it might not happen on one meeting, brother, my sister. It takes a lifetime to get to know people. Do you understand? Take your time. Don't be in a hurry. Age is just a number. Don't think that, oh, you know, I need, uh, marriage is only between 25 and 30. After that, no, no. I'm losing, I'm losing. No, it's all rubbish. Amen. You're listening to uh, the, the, the seed. You've discerned the seed of, of lack in your life. Discern the seed of Christ. It's abundance, abundance. Okay? <clears throat> so, so, Jesus now comes to them and says, oh, you of Little faith. They did not discern that Jesus was talking about himself. They discerned, they, they discerned their flaw, not him. But he's making a statement and he's telling them, be careful about these Pharisees and Sadducees. Be careful about these religious people. Because they're only after signs. And even though they have the signs and they see supernatural miracle signs and wonders happening, they still want more signs. Which means they're looking to prove you according to, they're trying to prove you false. They don't care about whether you're from heaven or not. They don't care whether, whether you are of God or not. They don't care. The issue is they care about the fact that they're losing people to you. They're losing people. Religion is losing people to this house. You understand? And now religion in people, whether it could be anybody in any denomination, religion in them will start persecuting the church. And they say, no, 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 this is a cult. How do I know they're from heaven? They've not come into this place. They've never come into this church. They've never experienced the goodness of God. They've never held people. They've never hugged people. They've never stayed in a place 
to get to know people, to see the fruit, but yet they judge. To those people, please listen to me, to those people, Jesus calls them a wicked and adulterous generation. He calls them hypocrites. Hypocrites. Sadly, Christians are, some Christians are in this place. Sadly, very sadly. But after today, they will be out of this place. I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying Christians because people will listen to this message. And I know you're listening to this message. And I'm talking to you. The religion, I'm talking to the religion in you. I'm seeing people listening to my message. That's why I'm talking to them. And they know I'm seeing them. And they know I'm talking to them. Because this is a word for them. God is calling you a wicked and an adulterous generation. You're a hypocrite until, unless you repent. Not you. That one. <laughs> the ones that question, is life a move of God? This is a move of God. So Jesus now is upset with the disciples because they completely misunderstood what he's saying. He's saying, oh, you have little faith. He addresses faith. He doesn't address their mind. He doesn't, understand, he doesn't address their understanding. He says, oh, you of little faith, why do you reason amongst yourselves? Because you have brought no bread. Do you not understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? <laughs> if I was the disciple, I'd be like, hey man, speak in English. <laughs> like you're, you're talking about leaving. Yeah. And I, I'm ta- we are talking about bread. <laughs> so we just connect the dots. See, a lot of times we connect the dots, right? And we make our own doctrine, our own theology. And God is like on a completely different tangent. He's just come talking about completely something totally different. How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Verse 12, then they understood. Then, pastor, I need to have a meeting with you because I did not understand the word you were preaching today. Right. No. (laughs) Are you okay? In Jesus' statement to the disciples, saying, be careful of the leaven, the yeast, the leaven that leavens a lump, puffs up. He's saying, be careful that religion and religious people who ask for signs, wonders, and miracles to prove that God exists in your life will puff you up because you will start working for them. 
And when God, out of the goodness of his heart, does a miracle for you, you become puffed up. And religion will make it about you. But what Jesus is trying to say, are you ready for it? He's saying, I am the leaven in God's word. I am. What he's trying to reveal, he, he's saying, oh, be careful of these people. A lot of times, Pastor John will say, just be careful of this. But he's not talking about my, I'm not talking about my opinion. I'm revealing Christ to you. Because what I'm telling you to be careful of is what you really need in Christ. But you're going to somebody else. When you receive the word of God, it does exactly the same thing. It puffs you up. It's called faith. It matures you. When you receive the word of God on the inside of you, it builds you up. That's why you'll never remain in the same place you were. When you receive the word of God, you can't remain in condemnation and guilt. You have to rise up. Why? Because the nature of God's word is to lift you up. So, that's the secret of maturing. The secret is to discern Christ in everything that you hear. In everything that you do and see, discern Christ. When you don't discern Christ, be quick to check it. Because it's either wasting your time or just causing trouble. Do you understand? Right? Now, to the Pharisees, he says, no sign. But to the disciples, they have signs and wonders. Why? It's because the disciples believe. The Pharisees, the Pharisees, yeah, the Pharisees, <laughs> they're all together, right? Right. So the Pharisees, together, <laughs> so the Pharisees and the Sadducees are asking God for a sign in order to believe. God is asking you and I to believe in order to see the signs. Because when you receive the word, when you believe the word of God, now he begins to define the sign. It could be just money miracles for you. But it could be health for you. Why? It's because when Kelsey begins to, when Kelsey begins to give testimonies, oh, you know, miracle money came in, in, in Christopher's account. And, and you're sitting there going, and all these people are like, oh, amen, put your hand up. Man, come on, take it. Anyway, anyway I, I think I'll stay here because these guys have faith. Right? So now let's say miracle, we are testifying miracle money woo, came in Christopher's account. Right? So, so, so when, when miracle money starts coming in his account and we're testifying about it, you can sit there and go, oh, but God didn't do it for me. If you have that attitude, then you've not discerned Christ. You've discerned your flaw. You've completely misunderstood the message of the testimony. Now you could, you could have now phenomenal job breakthrough for Danny over there, right? Daniel, phenomenal job breakthrough, right? So now as he's receiving a job breakthrough, you're, you're hearing Christ say to you, there's a job breakthrough for you. I want you quickly now to go to Mark chapter 16. I want to show you something phenomenal. It will absolutely rock your world. 
Rock you like a hurricane. Jun, 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 jun. <laughs> Are you there? Yes. Quickly, quickly. Yes. Verse 17. Shall we read it together? Yes. With faith, right? With faith. One, two, three. And. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. Okay? Please look at me now. It doesn't say these signs will follow those who, who decide they have faith. Who think they have faith. No, no. These signs will follow those who? Believe. Now, before that, verse 15 says, he said to them, he's talking to the disciples, go into all the world and? Ah, preach. Right. So every person, now every time a person preaches, please listen to me, this will save you from any more church drama. Okay? Now the preacher's responsibility is to? Not do miracle signs and wonders. Do you understand? Do you understand? No pressure, no pressure on me. My responsibility is to give you Jesus. I'm full of faith and I'm imparting faith into this room, right? Now, for the one who is believing, any believers in this house? Right. He's not saying you will preach, but these signs will follow those who? Oh, come on, man. I don't know. I'd rather be a believer than a preacher. You have it really good. Come on, man. This is why I love the word. Are you discerning Christ in this? These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Not the preacher. The one who believes. They will speak in new tongues. Which means new languages. Come on now. God will call you to preach somewhere in a land that you have no idea about. And he will tell you. I've, I know of people who have done this. He will say, just speak in tongues, brother. And you go, whatever. And then those people who are hearing now, listen to it in their language. Speak in new tongues. Now look, look at this one. This is phenomenal. They will take up serpents. Ooh. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will. It's not the preacher's responsibility. It's the believer's responsibility. Do you understand? Stop running around people. Asking for them to do a miracle in your life. When all along, it was your responsibility. (laughs) Your primary identity as a Christ follower is to believe. believe. Question is, do you believe? Now, since you're awesome in this area, let's go to Mark chapter 11. I want to show you something phenomenal. Do you have time? Okay. I'm preaching three sermons in one. I told Kelsey today's word is going to change people's lives. Right. Verse, um, did I tell you? Mark 11, 22. Are you there? This is very important. Very important. 
So Jesus answered and said to them, Have in So look at me now. Where did the faith come from? Right. So when the faith comes from God, now I can have faith in? Now if I come to you and I say, Hey man, I'm going to give you a thousand dirhams after the service. Don't say receive it. Just wait. wait. <laughs> it's an example. Example. Are you going to receive it from God? Okay. If I come to you and I say, I'm going to give you a thousand dirhams after the service. Now, you have faith in? <laughs> yeah, me. Why? It's because I gave you my? Now, look at all this. Look at all of this. Don't look at the color, but look at all, <laughs> all of this. Is promises that he's given you. Every word, every word in every line on this book. How can you not have faith in God? How can you not have faith? How can you run after a man for a miracle? My goodness, the book is full of seeds. And it came with a yes. Legally, you have full right. Man, come on. Brother, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Stop now. I'll sip some water. Okay. Now, pay attention to this. this is very, very important. <clears throat> Most of us are Christians in the room, yes? All of us have faith in Jesus. What Jesus is, the one Jesus is talking to are all his disciples. Which means he's talking to you and me. Right? But he's saying have faith in God. It's very interesting that he says, have faith in God based on a word he gave you. Don't have faith in God if God did not give you a word. Mm. A lot of times, the, the want for things in our life tends to create a theology in our lives. If I want a new car, then I'm going to believe God for a new car. When God never said to you that you, you need to get a new car. I know I was making you laugh, 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 and then suddenly it just it comes in. See, we, we tend to, to expect things from God when he wasn't giving it to us in the first place. And so then when it does not happen according to the time that we want it to happen, then we're like, no, I'm going to give you one month, God. If it doesn't happen in this one month, then I'm going to walk away. Whoa, walk away. See how it works out for you. For the ones who don't walk away, The ones who hold on. The ones who, who are not bothered by the valley of the shadow of death. The ones who keep their eyes on Jesus. 
Jesus. Jesus. My boss is persecuting, but I love Jesus. Ah. That was free, by the way. That Jesus part. <laughs> right. Are you paying attention? Are you vigilant? Sure. Not everybody's saying yes. All the ones here are saying yes. Just remember, every question, the angels are looking. I say to you, so he says, have faith in God. For assuredly, which means 100%. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Have you ever done that? It's impossible, isn't it? Isn't it? But then he drops it and does not doubt in his heart. Now listen to me now. You can have faith in God and doubt in your heart at the same time. I'll repeat myself. You can have faith in God and also doubt in your heart at the same time. And Jesus is saying, if you have faith and do not doubt, Christians a lot of the times Work on building faith, brother. I want to grow and mature in faith. I want to grow. I want to have faith for the impossible. But they never work on the doubt. (laughs) See, it's difficult. You're like, what? Discern Jesus. Jesus is saying, have faith, but deal with this thing called doubt, unbelief. You're you're not an unbeliever. You're a... (laughs) Do you understand? Do Do you know what I'm talking about? It's these people who have this but statement after every promise God gives them. God wants to prosper you, brother. But I don't see it. Did you see a seed? It's sown on the inside. Can you see it? Well, you can't see it, but you know it's there on the inside of you. See, the problem is that we're too busy growing in faith. Jesus says this is absolutely hilarious. He says, faith is as small as a mustard seed. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can speak to this tree to be cast into the sea and it will happen. But do not doubt. So I'm thinking now when I'm reading Matthew chapter 13, don't have to go there. Matthew chapter 13 talks about the parable of the sower, right? And when, you, when, when he's talking about the parable of the sower, there's different types of soil. Are you Okay. Are you, are you tracking with what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. The different types of soil, and some are, you know, it's like the roadside, and some is like, you know, something, something else. And then he says, but the good soil are those people who hear the word and understand it. Understanding is listening with application in mind. Right? So now, while you're listening to the word, I'm receiving Jesus with, now I need to apply Jesus in my life. That's how you fill the frame. I did that last week. So, so, why then, have you ever asked this question, why 30-fold? 
We're good ground, brother. Jesus said, I'm good ground. Why only 30-fold? There's no issue with the seed. There's no problem with the ground. Why only 60-fold? Why not 100-fold? Why am I not producing a hundredfold harvest in my life for every seed that I receive from God? Mm. It's because when, you're, when you are good ground, 70% of the ground is filled with doubt. So you're producing only 30% of the harvest. And then you have 40% of doubt, you're producing 60% of the harvest and you think you're in revival. What? <laughs> but the, the, what Jesus is trying to say to us, if you discern what he's saying to us, is that he needs to remove doubt completely. Let me encourage you with this word. There is no plan B in the kingdom of God. When God speaks to you, when he gives you a word, when he calls you into his kingdom, when he gives you a word of promise, if you create plan B, you are dishonoring the very seed that God sowed inside of you. When you have doubt, Jesus says, do not doubt. It's a command. It's not a request. Do not doubt. I don't know how you do it man but you just have this Holy Ghost sauce all over you and you play it's just like wow it's distracting me <laughs> but in a good way in a good way I just want to worship just like ah he's just pulling me away just come back so the second thing first thing discern Christ Second thing, do not doubt. The third thing is speak the word. Have faith in God, he says. For assuredly I say to you, he's not saying I shout to you. I'm not saying I'm shaking before you. I say to you that whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says the reason why that lady got healed is because we spoke Christ we spoke the word we didn't shout the word at her we didn't scream into her ear and try to cast out demons let me explain something to you there's a religiosity in the church that believes that the louder I shout the faster the demons go but actually what you're revealing is immaturity you're encouraging yourself as you shout. You're building your faith. Problem is you're building your faith with what you discern about yourself. 
With demons, you don't give them attention. You treat them like animals. When they're misbehaving, just tell them to get lost. You don't have to holler and scream and shout and act like them. See, because you're going to go to your office, right? And a sick person is going to come to you and say, I know that Jesus heals. Can you heal me? Can you please heal me? You're not going to go, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Why? It's because you are aware of where you're at. But what if I told you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't have to holler and shout and scream. In fact, demons, sickness, disease, debt, destruction, whatever it is that is not of God in people's lives, they move faster when they know you're mature. You don't have to beg. Jesus did not say, Jesus did not say. Whoever says to me to say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Sometimes we shout at God, God! Come on, this person do. He's not deaf, man. You must understand that you're a king's son. You conduct yourself according to the one who is in you. The one who has authority. You can have fun. You can just joke around. You can laugh. Be full of joy. Be full of peace. Don't allow a demon to take you out of a place of peace. Don't allow a sickness to take you out of a place of peace. Be in constant peace because that reveals the maturity of God in you. Do you understand? So he, he didn't say, he didn't say, pray to me and then I will heal the sick. He says, speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. That's it. Speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to go and be cast into the sea. And it, if you don't doubt, it will happen. See, a lot of times people need a breakthrough in their finances, but the reason why they do it is because of selfishness. They want money to spend. But if you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm in debt. <laughs> I made a mistake. And I, and I repent for what I've done. Can you give me a word that will pull me out of this place? And then he gives you a word. And that word will pull you out of a place of debt. It's never by your own actions. It's never by your own works. It's by the grace of God. <laughs> when Elijah went to the king's court, he didn't shout at him because he would have chopped his head off. But he spoke to the king. And he says, at my word, which means I decide when it rains or not in this nation. 
And he says, from now onwards, I declare that there will be no rain. And there was no rain for three years. Because he didn't say let it rain. By the way, it rained today. There's something in that song, man. Something shifted in the atmosphere. Something did. Jesus, when he went to the tree, he didn't shout at the tree, he spoke to it. Jesus didn't shout at Peter. But he said, put your net on the other side. He spoke to him. It's more relational. When they asked him about money, Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And then a gold coin appears in a fish's mouth. Why? Because the fish discerned purpose. <laughs> the fish suddenly found a gold coin. Whoa, hold on a minute. What's happening here? I was looking for another fish, but I found a gold coin. Maybe God needs me to die. So that he can have this gold coin. Purpose. A seed must fall to the ground and die. And from it will come life. He says, speak. He spoke to the lame man and he got healed. Spoke. He didn't shout. He didn't condemn them. He didn't accuse them. Who didn't believe in me? He just spoke. Let me tell you something it's the prayer it's the fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much if fervent prayer means it's the earnest honest prayer not the one that doubts when your mind is in division you can never do anything good I want to encourage you today with this word this is going to be our culture this is the culture of life it's maturity in faith we are mature people we're not immature people. We're not desperate to prove ourselves for ministry. We're just desperate to be used by God. Cup, remain a cup. Be happy with being a cup. A cup does not change if it's in a pauper's hand or a prince's hand. Doesn't matter whether you're on a stage or on the ground or you're in an office or doesn't matter. Be the cup that is filled with faith. Mature faith. Mature faith. Mature faith. Let's stand. Let's stand. You did good. <clears throat> you did good.